Chapter 21 Quantified The Glasser brothers were rich by most standards. Not Russian oligarch wealthy, but certainly in the top 50 percentile of the 1%. Jack and Luke were young, 24 and 22 respectively, but they were also two of the foremost authorities in pretty much every field of science and the arts. Luke worked hard to ditch the smart persona. He was just an asshole to most, and a douchebag to others, and a caring brother to Jack, occasionally. They both knew genetics, and Mother Nature played only a small part regarding their impressive intellects. A scientific fluke accounted for the other 80%. Fluke or not, Luke never really quite owned his acquired genius. Jack, on the other hand, did and ran their business well until recently. Between the business and accelerating, Jack was getting burned out, and it didn't take a genius to see he was losing interest. Jack recently witnessing a guy blow his brains out at close range, well, that hadn't helped matters much either. Though Luke understood all of that, he certainly wasn't about to step up and take over. So what had started out as an impressive consulting practice for corporations and governments was now withering on the vine. Their reputation was still intact, but over the past 12 months, they'd taken on fewer and fewer projects, devoting more time to Luke's gambling and Jack's stock market exploits. Jack had taken to staying home more and more. Accelerating was taking its toll. The more he accelerated, the worse his anxiety became. The worse his anxiety became, the more weed he smoked. The more weed he smoked, the less interested he was in their business. That annoyed the shit out of Luke, who felt like he was living and working with a zombie at times. It was starting to put a dent in Luke's passion for fucking off. So while he was still going from casino to casino, using a lot of jet fuel, he was now starting to get pissed knowing that he'd have to step up. Their fuck-off fund was money they had pooled from gambling and investing. Between the two of them, they'd started with a meager sum, beginning when they were both in their teens but they turned it into more than $100 million in just over 12 years. Five more years at their current pace, and Luke was convinced they'd be in the billionaire club. Serious coin, considering it was derived from recreational gambling and investing, not their business. But over the past year, their fuck-off fund was the only thing that kept the granite on the walls and the bills paid. Their business was sucking wind. At first, the earnings from their fund came with their own personal detail of IRS and SEC agents camped out at their offices scouring over every record and scrap of paper to make sure they weren't involved in some elaborate insider trading scheme. After surviving 18 months of the federal government's very large proctoscope, the feds finally left them alone. Agents, though, still sent them holiday cards occasionally looking for investment advice. How they made money legitimately had been something of a mystery even for them. But ultimately, all roads circled back to their employee, Quan. Quan was their office manager and slave labor, wearing the same tired, hopeless look of a fat guy in a Pilates class. Seven years older than them, he was responsible, in some measure, for their success and their condition as certifiable geniuses. It was because of Quan's big experiment that he was still employed by the brothers, but he was still paying the price for screwing up their childhoods and working off the debt they incurred by drastically altering the course of their lives. 
In their teens, the brothers and Bosco were hit by lightning in a massive South Florida storm. While they lay in a hospital coma unit for nearly a year and a half, Quan cooked up his neural acceleration experiment. At the time, he was their middle school teacher's assistant, completely bullied by students for his quirky behavior and childlike innocence. Interestingly enough, Luke was the only kid in class that actually took up for Quan and shielded him from the student bully crew. It was ironic now that because of Quan's kindness, and because Quan genuinely liked him, that Quan selected Luke and Jack as subjects for his experiment when they were in the coma. The sad irony was that Luke came out a different person, more like the bullies he had once shielded Quan from. Quan was smart, but book smart only, and on the spectrum. He completed his master's at 19, and focused on his Ph.D. in some fringe area of neuroscience that no one would support. He was incredibly young to be in a doctoral program, and his brilliance was diminished only by his childlike social skills. He was convinced he was on the right path for his thesis on alternative learning methods, but his social skills sucked, and research money was non-existent for someone who couldn't naturally sell an idea. Desperation is a bitch and Quan was desperate. Possibly from being bullied all of his life, he went off the reservation to conduct his own research on the cheap, using the Glasser brothers as guinea pigs. As a middle school teacher's assistant, Quan was a benign fixture. Nice, but awkward as hell. His mild Asperger's made him the brunt of jokes which he often didn't understand. But when he did, it hurt. Otherwise, he was just there in the background and easy to overlook. Jack and Luke's continued ambivalence toward him only lasted until he confessed that he had snuck into their hospital room each night to connect them to headphones and special goggles in an attempt to understand if learning could be accelerated in coma patients. Quan's neural acceleration experiment involved pouring information into the boys' near lifeless heads to see what happened. But as smart as he was, he was socially diminished and a little short on common sense. He actually couldn't wait to tell them what he had done when they regained consciousness. It was then that Quan went from tolerable to someone they contemplated beating the shit out of daily. Quan had confessed to bombarding them with every sort of informational scrap he could find. Advanced courses on pretty much everything. The whole Library of Congress for all they knew. He didn't know when they'd wake up, so he moved fast, creating a fire hose of 50 streams of information blasting them simultaneously. But they were in a coma longer than expected, and as a result, he started running out of material. With Quan looking for anything and everything, the boys made it through you and your period and quilt making for Mormons before they finally woke up. According to Quan, he had turned them into the most advanced humans on the planet. According to Jack and Luke, Quan was just a self-serving dickhead with a bankrupt sense of morality, his ethical code noticeably absent when he started his big experiment. For that, Quan had to pay, and he did. Were they smart? No doubt. But advanced? Far from it. Jack had started using his own version of Quan's acceleration technique to research real-time stock data. As a result, migraine headaches were common, as was his newfound anxiety, 
and only a steady diet of weed kept it at bay. Luke had responded differently, losing quite a bit of self-control with no desire to filter his speech. He became a general pain in the ass to most, funny and entertaining as hell, but a pain in the ass nevertheless. Aside from that, they were smart and rich, probably due to Quan's experiment, but none of that mattered. What mattered was they weren't given a choice. Quan had violated their trust and a ton of laws to go with it, not to mention screwing them out of all the normal experiences. When Jack and Luke went back to school after waking from their comas, they took tests to see if there was memory damage from the lightning strike, as well as to determine what classes they should take. To everyone's surprise, they tested perfectly, to the point that teachers and faculty threw extra tests at them. When they aced them, they took the ACTs, SATs, and again, perfect scores. They threw graduate school entrance exams at them, the GRE, the GMAT, the MSAT, and the LSAT. And again, the boys earned perfect scores on every one. It quickly became evident that there wasn't anything to teach them. Colleges realized that too, quickly throwing them job offers to teach and to conduct research. MIT, Stanford, Harvard, Sisters of the Blind Community College, they all came crawling out of the woodwork to get a piece of them. They were the newest academic novelty. It was exciting at first, but soon grew tiresome. They were miserable. They graduated high school before they could even attend. College, well, they banked an impressive list of honorary degrees and some real degrees, but never went. Worse, they were viewed with equal amounts of indifference and disdain within the academic community. Outsiders, who weren't legitimately part of their club. Just freak accidents due to a lightning strike. What was left was just a couple of smart, rich brothers with the potential for serious addiction issues. They never told anyone about Quan's experiment, partly because they didn't want to deal with more attention and partly because they felt like intellectual frauds despite their accomplishments. But mainly it was out of spite for Quan. Not publicly acknowledging the experiment was killing Quan, who wanted nothing less than scientific recognition. Fuck him, they had said. It had taken them years to come to an accommodation with their emotionally charged childhood traumas, and they weren't about to give him a measure of satisfaction anytime soon. Book smarts aside, there was a lot more going on with the Glasser brothers than could be explained simply by Quan's bombardment of information. Both Jack and Luke suspected that the lightning strike played as big, if not a bigger role, in opening what Quan called their gifts. The lightning strike had most likely opened up a few neural pathways that provided more access to cognitive open space in their minds. At least that's what Jack posited. The simple fact that Quan's experiment used two subjects that fell outside of the norm, with a huge variable, the lightning strike, was something to be taken into account and most likely would never stand up to academic scrutiny. Additionally, Quan fed different information to each of them. Both were given what Quan called a core knowledge set of science, math, some languages, and philosophy. But Jack's information feed was decidedly left brain oriented with more emphasis on science and numbers. Luke's information was right-brained, with focuses on multiple languages and emotional cognition. The irony was, post-neural acceleration, 
Luke's capacity for empathy was decreased and Jack's was actually enhanced. Jack's gift was an enhanced memory and cognitive power that could rival a supercomputer. His mind absorbed everything unconsciously. He had a photographic memory combined with advanced analytic skills. For him, the stock market was an ATM. He could look at streams of numbers pouring off a screen, place buy or sell orders, short a company, and pick options that made money without a hint of second-guessing, all without even knowing consciously how he did it. Recently, he had taken it a step further, putting together his own version of Quan's neural accelerator that involved going under general anesthesia and blasting real-time and historical market information into his head via goggles and headphones. It worked, but Luke was convinced it would ultimately kill him. That said, with a library of information in his head, he could dissect corporate financials and provide a forecast to make a weatherman jealous. Luke also had a superior memory, better than any other living soul with the possible exception of his brother Jack. But that wasn't his special gift. Instead of analyzing facts and figures and being a walking analytics platform, Luke was adept at emotional analytics and languages, able to sense slight changes in emotions, body language, and micro-expressions, and verbal cadence to know if someone was being truthful. Instead of the stock market, his particular talent served him well at gambling, so he naturally chose casinos over the office whenever he could. He had done well and achieved a level of notoriety to the point of being offered appearances and televised poker tournaments. However, in direct contrast to his give-no-fucks persona, he heeded his brother's warning and opted to tone things down a little, staying out of the limelight when it came to his lucrative hobby. Luke was a lot of things, brilliant, charming, annoying, profane, and impulsive, but he wasn't unrealistic. He knew his gambling career had a short half-life, that it wasn't a viable long-term career strategy. In the world of gambling, it never pays to be on everyone's radar. Even so, there were still a few casino managers who relished the thought of burying him in the desert. Quan had been with them for four years, initially as their front man for corporate jobs when they were young, and now as their personal chef, secretary, and a high-level analyst when he wasn't making coffee or answering their mail. That was his penance. They threatened to expose him at first, but he wouldn't leave now for all the money in the world. He made more money than he would as a teacher or a scientific hack, and had the distinction of having a front-row seat to observe his experiment in action. Not that Quan would ever be able to verbalize it because of his slight social affliction, but hanging out with the cool kids was more satisfying to him than anything. Sure, Luke relentlessly ragged on him, but the old Luke, the kind version of Luke that he knew prior to the neural acceleration experiment, occasionally came out and made Quan feel more like family than a highly paid indentured servant. 